feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! We are 24 hours away from the last Premiership football of 2020. Will Rangers turn the year still unbeaten in the title race? They're back in Paisley tomorrow at three, the scene of their League Cup defeat two weeks ago. We're going to hear from Gary McAllister and Stephen Davis in the course of the show. And like Rangers, Celtic have a three o'clock kickoff tomorrow as well. They're at home to Dundee United looking to extend a five-game winning run ahead of Saturday's head-to-head with Rangers at Ibrox. We'll be hearing what Neil Lennon has had to say today too. The other three o'clock start tomorrow sees second bottom Hamilton in Perth to play St Johnston. A four o'clock kickoff for On Form Livingston against Aberdeen. At six Hibs play under pressure Ross County and we'll talk live with the county manager John Hughes. A 6.15 kickoff. Hope you're following this for Motherwell and Kilmarnock at Fire Park and a full card in the championship uh, tonight as well. Air United, Morton, 6 o'clock. Inverness against Dunfermline, half past. Uh, 3.745 kickoffs. Dundee uh, against Alloa. Hearts against Arbroath. And Wraith Rovers against Queen of the South. So we will have John Hughes with us in about 20 minutes' time. Looking ahead to a visit to Easter Road for him tomorrow night and Ross County. And uh, we will have uh, Stephen Presley uh, with us. 14 years ago today, he left Hearts to sign for Celtic. We'll get his thoughts on uh, the title race and how it stands. A massive match then uh, coming up uh, four days away from Rangers against Celtic. But of course, games to be played tomorrow night first and tomorrow afternoon as well. It takes a bit of getting your head around these games at this time of year. Three o'clock kickoffs tomorrow afternoon for both Celtic and Rangers at a time of year, uh, Craig Moore and Simon Donnelly, uh, where we struggle to really remember what day it is apart from anything else. <laughs> you blink, you blink, and you'll miss a miss a game. So there's 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 loads happening. Um, great time of year, um, and a, a lot of advantages possibly that you can you can take because of the amount of games. But thick and fast they come. Yeah, sure are. And, uh, well, Celtic in particular, Simon, uh, can't afford to let their thoughts get too far ahead of themselves because they want they don't want to be any further away from Rangers come Saturday lunchtime. No, and in fairness, they've managed to get a couple of good results in the last week. Uh, difficult tie at Hamilton, usually, to go there on the plastic pitch, get a good three points. But, yeah, you could be guilty of overlooking tomorrow's game with the Rangers game at the weekend, but I'm sure Lenny will be on top of his team you know and make sure that the focus is because as you say Rob they can't afford one slip up so we're going to get the very latest from both camps uh, not so much heading into uh, the weekend but heading into tomorrow afternoon Gary McAllister on duty today the assistant manager at Rangers talking about Ryan Jack who's been missing for a few games for Rangers and of course their latest injury worry Scott Arfield obviously difficult to try and find a facility to get a, a scan for 
for Scotty. But he's en route as we speak, so we're just waiting for the results to come back. As far as, as Jacko's concerned, we're just going to have to be a wee bit more patient with, with Ryan as well. We're just going to sit back and wait for Ryan to get fully, fully fit. So just reading between the lines then, uh, doesn't sound like Ryan Jack's going to be ready. And, and if Scott Arfield hasn't had his scan yet, Craig, then he's got to be a major doubt for Saturday as well. Yeah, or Rangers are being a little bit cute in terms of sometimes with injuries and all that sort of stuff, they like to protect as much information as possible. But look, if you're, if you're without Arfield and, and also Jack for um, the old firm match in particular... Um, a slight concern because they're, they're the type of competitors um, that are needed uh, in this type of game and we know how important uh, the battles are in the middle of the park and the type of influence they can have on a game. So uh, two, two uh, injuries for Rangers that are a concern. Although one school of thought, Simon, would be does it really matter because Rangers have got such strength in depth and, and particularly in that midfield area? Yeah. Uh, as we've talked about in the show before they seem to be able to shuffle at will and it doesn't influence the performance at all so I would I would go along with Craig there in terms of Ryan Jack being a competitor he's, he's did well in these games before and Scott Arfield's been on form so you could look at it that way but as as you say there Rob Stevie Gerrard seems to shuffle the pack and, and it doesn't really affect any sort of type of their performance it's the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. You can get yourself involved in the football discussion. We are with you till 7 o'clock. Next, next couple of days, uh, change of start times. So <laughs> just to further <coughs> confuse you during the festive spell, uh, we're on from 3 till 5 uh, tomorrow. Uh, to cover those uh, games involving uh, Rangers and Celtic, Celtic, Dundee United, uh, St Mirren against Rangers, both three o'clock starts. And then on Thursday, which of course is uh, Hogmanay, uh, we are on between two and four. Davy Proven and Leanne Crichton with Paul tomorrow. And then I'm back on Thursday alongside Paul Darnady and Chris Burke in the studio for that one. Now, what about Celtic then? What sort of shape are they in heading into uh, that home game against uh, Dundee United tomorrow and uh, beginning to uh, show some revived form? Neil Lennon has been having a media conference today and here he is. On a decent run, want to maintain it. Playing a good side, more on Ed, who can again be flexible in the way they play. Good strikers in the team with you know Clark and Shankland <coughs> and, and McNulty, who I know from my time at Hibs when I tried to sign him at Hibs. So I think it'll be a you know really good game, and then obviously another game, big game at the weekend. So it's just like every other week, and you know we know things can change very quickly over a week in football or a period of time in football. So. You know, we're not calling this a defining week at all. Other people will, but not from our point of view. Yeah, we're going to get carried away with that for sure. Um, five wins on the bounce for, for Celtic. And, and I just thought, catching up with the highlights of, of their game at Hamilton at the weekend, um, they looked much more like themselves, Simon. They did, and it was much needed. You know, their form hasn't been great. They, they, they get through the cup final, albeit it was a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, got the three points against Ross County at home and then went to Hamilton where... Teams have slipped up before and it looked tight towards half-time, but once they get the goal, uh, they looked comfortable after that. And it does, it breeds confidence results, but they're in a precarious situation where they have to win every game at the moment. Uh, they can't afford to slip up. And this is one that they have to you know, devote all their attention to tomorrow and then look to the Rangers game on Saturday. The pressure, though, is intense, isn't it, Craig? And, and it just doesn't go away game to game for them uh, because um, if they're waiting for Rangers to slope up, it's uh, looking like a long wait at the moment. 
Yeah, no, so far that seems to have been the case. But, I mean, Celtic can only focus on, you know, as Neil Lennon says, game at a time. Uh, I think the pleasing thing for, for Celtic and, um, you know, what will be pleasing for Neil Lennon is uh, Edouard and, and Griffiths obviously look as if, um, you know, finally that's, that that can be quite a dangerous combination. Um Sorry, obviously, he's come in and made an impact. Uh, Turnbull's been fantastic since he's come into the side. And uh, for me, they were the changes that were kind of made that, that turned things around a little bit for Celtic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know Sorry was left out of the cup final and Scott Brown come in, and all that sort of stuff. But I think just it, that. It gave, li- them, it gave them a wee bit of freshness. They, they needed that the freshness. European game, which yeah. is kind of rubber, rubber uh, dud, but the. The, the freshness of Turnbull and Sorrow in the middle of the park needed just kind something. of lifted them that night and they've, they've, they've kicked on a wee bit I don't think they're at top form yet and I think they'll need to be at top form against Rangers on Saturday but they're showing signs of turning that corner yeah, and they're showing signs of being able to keep a clean sheet, which has been a big problem for them. Even even in the the Scottish Cup final from last season, where they conceded three times to to a team, uh, admittedly at the top of the championship, but yeah, they they conceded three times. But since then, uh, Neil Lennon spots a defensive improvement. Not making individual errors, we're defending a lot lot better as a unit. A lot more sort of calmness and composure about us as well. Although we did concede in the cup final, you know, and again that's an area that we're looking to improve on as we go along getting everyone fit and competition for places I think has galvanised everyone in the squad now you wouldn't be screaming from the rooftops at the moment about Celtic defensively but it, but it's just it's got to be slow steps of, of progress for them yeah it's a couple of clean sheets I mean the, the, the cup final going back to that they, they still look a wee bit ropey at set plays you gave a couple of goals away in that game mm-hmm. uh, from set plays but a couple of clean sheets uh, I still think they need to try and get a back four there that's going to be playing week in, week out for a bit. They've brought the, the young goalie in. I was glad to see that they, st- they, they stuck with him because I think maybe too much chopping and changing. Mm. I think they really, I mean, Craig will tell you in a, in a back four where you're two centre-backs and your keeper, it's, it's always good to have something regular there to build from. You know, it's an understanding that they can grow uh, from game to game. Well, here is Neil Lennon on Connor Hazard. Uh, no, I'm pleased with his progress, and um, no, I don't think it's an area that we'll be looking to strengthen. It's all got two very capable goalkeepers. In short, the answer is no. Yeah, I'm pleased with the progress he's making. You know, he's only had you know three or four senior games. He's already won a cup medal, so yeah, it's a pretty impressive start to his career. So clearly, the question was there: Are Celtic going to be in the market again for another keeper? Uh, Bean and Barkas not having done it for them, and they obviously spent big on Vasilis Barkas as well. And and maybe if you're looking at it cynically, even if Neil Lennon did want to to go and spend money on another goalkeeper, he might get told, "Well, you've got three already." Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think they have to look to go with a young young kid just now. Uh, show faith in him. He obviously. Made a little mistake for the, I think it was the third goal in the in the cup final, but came back with the two big penalty saves. I was delighted for him because that can actually, you know, affect your career at a young stage. Mm. So it was good for him to bounce back from that. And the other two, I mean, Baines did okay. The lad Barkas makes a mistake in the first game against Rangers, and I don't really think he's recovered until now. Uh, so I would I would stick with the kid. I think with Barkas, for me, it's not it's not so much the the fact that he's made visible mistakes so much. I just haven't seen a big save yet, and and you, you know you're you're looking for something to cling on to in terms of a goalkeeper who makes big saves, who which change games, Craig. Yeah, and and look, it's a big moment because look, a lot of the time Celtic are, are going to be dominating uh, football matches domestically, so the importance of a goalkeeper 
that that may be tested once in ninety minutes, uh, but it needs to be that you need to be able to make a save, yeah. uh, and that's something that he's he struggled with, uh, and and that then flows on uh, to the rest of the team. You know, Simon touched on a, a back four that that either gives a back four confidence or, or, or makes you a little bit. Uh, uncertain, and, and I think for a, a large part of this season, there has been that uncertainty. Um, there's been a lot of chopping and changing, whether it be a back four or back five, changing of of, of positions. Nothing that has, has really stuck in, in terms of being steady for them. Um, so I think getting back to a steady back line uh, has shown improvements. Clean sheets are, are fantastic because then that gives you the confidence that you can go and win a game one or two nil. You don't need to be scoring three or four. Uh, on, you know, if you're conceding the goals that they were earlier on, that's a big, big uh, amount of pressure on the attacking player, yeah. Simon. Yeah, hundred percent, and and it also affects the confidence. You could see it in the in the Hearts game actually. You know, where they concede just after half time, and it's almost as if here we go again. You know, and it, the the confidence drained quite quickly, and that comes from a team that's struggling and, and leaking goals. But the the two games since then, they got over the line. They won the cup, obviously. They got over the line with that one. They beat Ross County at home and then they, t- they beat Hamilton at the weekend. Two clean sheets, so they hopefully can build build on that. And what about the diamond formation in midfield? How's that working? We're looking at what suits the players the best that we you know have available and the ones that are in, in form at the minute. You know, I've always liked playing with two strikers, you know, especially when they're in form. And obviously, Odson and Griff played quite well the last few games. Diamond can be a very flexible formation in in terms of the way you attack as well. Can give you a lot of possibilities in, in different areas. Can also leave you a little bit vulnerable at times to the counter attack, so you need good legs in there as well. So his answer, Simon, about the the diamond formation as well, it's just about finding the right shape to fit the players you've got and, and to let them perform at their best, basically. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't have the advantage of James Forrest at the moment, who has been fantastic for Celtic over the years, giving them width, uh, pace, a lot of assists to his game, a lot of goals to his game. He's obviously not around at the moment, so they have to go with the players that they've got and and. What they've got they're now, you know, if it's Sorrow or if it's Scotty Brown, you know, at the, at the bottom of that diamond, they've got legs there. You know, Callum McGregor, I like to see him play actually further forward. Christie's got legs. <clears throat> Turnbull looks as if he's, he's comfortable that he can take it in tight areas on the half turn. So it's suiting him at the moment. The big thing for me is the two strikers. You know, I think that form for Celtic before the lockdown was with Edward and, and Griffiths up front. Mm. It looked as if they were rolling teams over. And they too are at the top of their form. So it's, it's it's good to see them showing signs of clicking again. Yeah, and we'll get to uh, James Forrest a little bit later, but it seems as if he's going to be uh, back in training in a couple of weeks' time. So that uh, is going to give a real boost to Celtic if they can continue on this uh, winning run as well. Uh, Rangers don't have to worry about a winning run or an unbeaten run. It's 20 Premiership games, 18 wins and two draws uh, so far. Are they going to turn the year, uh, continuing that unbeaten run? Well, you would imagine they probably will, although it is back to Paisley, the scene of that League Cup defeat for them. Uh, tomorrow afternoon they came through again at the weekend 1-0 Hibs one goal was enough Yanis Hadji got the only goal of the game against a Hibs side to certainly give them something to think about uh, but a lot of the uh, a lot of the aftermath of uh, that match uh, hasn't pleased Gary McAllister too much we were really pleased with the three points but there, there was a lot of talk about the instance within the game I think we just tend to <clears throat> overanalyze things so much up here north of the border whereas it's a modern day thing because of all this the social media and stuff and, and all the, the media interest, we can't take away from the fact that we adapted well to conditions at the weekend and adapted well to, to get a... We had to fight really hard 
through the entire 90 minutes and, and more to win those three points. Do we sometimes, Craig, lose sight of, of the main point of the match, which was that Rangers won it? And because there has been a lot of talk about various penalty and Strudhibs have had a penalty. Had the, yeah. If they got a penalty, might they have got something out of the game? Yeah, but I don't think that that's any different to, to what happens down south, if I'm being honest. There, there's, you know, every single game of football, there's there's, there's talking points and uh, and people will discuss them uh, for, for the next couple of days. At the end of the day, Rangers did win the, the game, which was a very, very tough game. Obviously, you know, drew against Hibs earlier on in the season. Jack Ross is doing a fantastic job. That's a great three points. Um, and you dust yourself down and you move on very, very quickly. Um, and the game against St Mirren, uh, obviously tomorrow, I think is a... A great opportunity, and I actually think it's an advantage that it's um, so quickly after being knocked out of the League Cup. But it, it'll be fresh um, that that hurt of Rangers being knocked out to really go and um, and set the record straight. I think it's a good opportunity to get that game. Could Lightning strike twice for Rangers in Paisley, Simon? I think, like Craig says, I think it comes quickly on the back of the the cup game. And if I was a player, I'd want to go and put that right. Uh, Rangers are looking strong. Uh, I don't see them dropping many points at the moment uh, I know they it was late in the game against Motherwell when Motherwell took the lead and then sat and made it difficult but they got over the, the line <clears throat> they got a, a good result of the weekend against as, as Craig says a good Hibs side so I would suggest that Rangers would go and win there tomorrow and of course the, then we move on the bandwagon moves on to January the 2nd and the first Old Firm game of 2021 are we ready for the new year well let's uh, let's get rid of 2020 as quickly as <laughs> yes. we can I would imagine Old Firm memories Craig when you when that game comes around what does it arouse deep down within <clears> you yeah well let, let me speak about mine first because I know that Simon will come in a little bit and have a completely different one uh, that I'm probably involved in <laughs> uh, nah look the the old firm games are unbelievable. The, the sad thing about them, and I don't know how you feel about Simon, I just feel as if like you would, you, know, you blink and the game had gone. They they yeah. pass you by too quickly, and it's not until probably you, you finish and you look back and you reflect on those those kind of games. Uh, but I was involved in a lot of cra- great tussles uh, as a fringe player. Uh, played in a the one I probably remember is the goal that I, I scored uh, in a in a home three two uh, victory in the early two thousands. I believe we went behind early. Um, and we managed to go on and, and win that game. Um, so that obviously a great feeling to score in that type of game and, and to get the three points. But I'll, I also remember the one that I think that Simon will go on to. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that uh, up. Ah, mate, I'll give you the opportunity, <laughs> mate. No problem. What, has there been an own goal? Has there been an old firm own goal? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was a decent finish. Decent, decent finish. Um, what, describe it. How was, what sort of finish was it? Well, Celtic were on the attack, obviously. Uh, Simon's broken down the, the our, our left-hand side, right-hand side. I think Pierre Van Hoydonk was behind me. I thought he was making a run to the near post. My inexperience, and, and I say this, um, no problem at all. Um, I've got myself into a position that wasn't wasn't great. Simon, you've fired the ball uh, across the goal. Yep. Um, and instead of Rob, instead of me clearing with my left foot, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which was uh, the, the smart thing to do, I've... I've stabbed at it with my right foot and it's has flown into the to the top corner. Oh, it was top a, corner job. Top corner, good finish. Yeah, um, yeah. But certainly, and that was my old firm debut as well. Was oh, that yeah. your debut? That was it? my debut as well. So, yeah, look, old firm, you, you're tested uh, and I certainly had to show some kind of character to try and pull myself out of that. Yeah. 
How did it look Listen, from your viewpoint, Simon? I'm, I'm more than happy to take the goal if Craig's willing it to give me it. Yeah, if you want to give me it, I'll take it. Because oh, my, unfortunately, I had no other opportunities to score against Rangers and I'm reminded all the time. Uh, let's, that, let's, dig out, let's dig out the pictures and see if it was going in anyway. Oh, no, it definitely wasn't going in. He, he fed it into yeah. an area. I've actually looked at the back, Rob, and I was saying to Craig before we came on show, I thought I should have had a shot, but I've caught Pierre Van Hoydonk in the corner of my eye and I've tried to cut it back Craig's getting in the way but your momentum's just taking you yeah. with the ball yeah. towards the goal I've, I've claimed it for 20 odd year well, it goes <laughs> so down. I'm, I'm happy enough is, to it your total, is it on your total? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take one off your total I put, I put it case. to a vote on Twitter and they gave me it so but quite seriously that must have taken a bit of getting over with Ah, look, I mean, like I says, I mean, early doors I learned, um, and, and you know, Simon would have been through it and seen players uh, at Celtic as well. You, you've got to be thick-skinned to survive at Rangers or Celtic, and it was a it was an early test uh, in terms of a setback for me. Uh, I, I managed to score the week after against Partick Thistle, but I don't think that that cancelled out my <laughs> my old firm goal. But Rob, but it's tough, and you, look, there's only one way to kind of get people back on track, and that's by working hard. And hopefully, over a period of time, I showed the type of player I could be for the for the football club. But it was a test of character at that particular time because. As much as it was the back end of a season that we we ended up going to to win the title, no old firm game is a is a dead rubber, uh, and we lost three nil, so it was a tough one to take. Yeah, I th- I, I, it's, it's amazing actually that that's your your debut, your your, your old firm debut there. That you, you do have to bounce back. Mine was at Ibrox mm. where there was no Celtic fans. Ah, okay. And this it was Lou McCarry started me up up top on yeah. the one. Uh, we should have won the game that day, but Mikhailichenko scored. Like in a deflected effort, but mm-hmm. th- that was the two of the games where John Collins scored the free kick. Yes, and he almost scored identical uh, the following season. But we never get too much change out of that Rangers team, I must admit. And it only got to the point where it was coming towards us, you know, winning it in '98, and then going on in '99 when Lubo scored two, and that was probably the most significant result I had against Rangers when we beat them five-one. But as I say, through the nineties, mm. a good Rangers team and. Uh, we suffered quite a few times as well. It's a year ago to the day that Rangers uh, beat Celtic at Celtic Park, of course, and from there for Stephen Gerrard and his team, it all went horribly wrong. Uh, what would you like to say about that forthcoming Old Firm match on January the 2nd and, of course, those big matches tomorrow afternoon, Celtic against Dundee United, St Mirren against Rangers. Get in touch with us on the socials at Go Football Show. You can text GO and your message to 87474 or the phone number, as ever, is 0808 17 17 700 The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go Yeah, for a Tuesday it's Rob McLean and Craig Moore and Simon Donnelly in the studio Shortly we'll be speaking to John Hughes the newly installed uh, Ross County gaffer what a job he's got on his hands and in the second hour of the show we'll be speaking to the former Rangers defender who signed for Celtic in a great career at Hearts as well and with Scotland Stephen Presley with us just after six o'clock and uh, we will be looking ahead as uh, Neil Lennon and Gary McAllister on the show already have been reluctant
reluctant to do but uh, we will be charging on uh, looking beyond uh, tomorrow afternoon's games to uh, the first Old Firm meeting of 2021 some uh, pretty worrying news with us it's uh, it's all about worrying news at the moment and uh, St Johnson have confirmed that a member of their squad has tested positive for coronavirus in a statement they said the club can today confirm that a member of our playing staff has tested positive for COVID-19 the player in question was alerted to the fact he may have come into contact with someone who displayed symptoms and he immediately contacted the club and self-isolated. He's since tested positive but has not been in close contact with any member of staff at the football club. In line with all the the guidance, we've contacted all the relevant authorities. Our game uh, tomorrow, this is St Johnston talking of course, against Hamilton Academical uh, will go ahead as planned. So uh, it's uh, it's not great news, is it, on the back of uh, the fact that I think there are seven games in League One in England that uh, aren't happening uh, tonight. And of course, the Everton-Man City game, Cancelled. Craig, was, yeah. was cancelled last night because of an outbreak in the Man City camp. Yeah, no, look, certainly uh, not ideal. More and more cases coming through. Um, I got a bit of a fright yesterday, actually, I think when I heard over 40,000 uh, new cases um, the highest since the pandemic had started. Uh, so, look, it's it's not great. Obviously, a lot of games now have been cancelled uh, and been hit. Um, but, you know, it's back to that, the the, the safety and the, and the welfare, welfare and making sure people are doing the, the, the right things. Um, hopefully, uh, it doesn't stop too many uh, more games in the future. But uh, it's just, it's, it's a world we live in today, unfortunately. And of course, we've had the panto recently, and it is the it is the time for pantos, isn't it? Oh no, it isn't. Um, with with the SPFL having uh, docked points and allocated points for forfeits and all the rest of it, and then turned the whole thing on its head. And Motherwell, for instance, uh, from being top half suddenly are now back in the relegation scrap, and, and Hamilton are a point off the bottom, having been given three pointers and then taken away. Simon, bizarre times, bizarre times, Rob. I don't even know that they, the points have been put on the table until you told me before we come on the show but now they've been taken away it's it's just surreal times and it's a real worry and I think we touched on it in the show before that you know these these tests are positive they're going to happen more and more we've seen it with Man City last night I was actually on a, a podcast with Paul Lambert today who was mm. tested positive yeah. I think he's 10 days in isolation mm. and he said it's been horrendous you know he's, he's really suffered over the 10 days so it's worrying times when you hear you know somebody who you played with uh, a fit guy, you know, really affected by it. And I was watching the telly before I came in about the pl- the players at Newcastle struggling with it as mm-hmm. well. So it's it's a real worry. Uh, but I don't see it going away too too uh, quickly. Yeah. You know, it's one of these things that we're just going to have to keep trying to adapt to keep trying to adhere to the rules and, and, and keep ourselves healthy. Let's hope the football can continue. That's Simon Donnelly and Craig Moore and Rob McLean on the Goat Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Let's talk to a man who generally puts a smile on our face, John Hughes. Hello, John. How's you doing, lad? Rob, listen, before we, got, before we start, I'm not speaking to Simon Donnelly. Why? Because <laughs> he used to nutmeg me every day in training. <laughs> Well, we've already had an incident in the studio, John, because uh, there was a certain old firm game where his cut back was turned into the roof of the net by Mr. Craig Moore in the studio. So, but at least he didn't make me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm saying every day. I'm saying about ten times a day. Or, but what's the Simon of the V. Brian McLaughlin? <laughs> we had him just run through your legs with the ball. <laughs> 
Let me tell you, Craig, they never got it on the back end. The old clothesline come out. <laughs> right, that's, yeah, you're right. Straight out. <laughs> There's always an answer to not Mike John, isn't there? And it was generally, generally the clothesline, to be honest. Well, that's it. Uh, if it goes through there, then they don't get it on the, on the, on the other side. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> Listen, we, we can almost picture your smiling face. It's really good to have you on the show. Uh, you brighten us up, uh, even when you were in isolation yourself. Um, how are things at the moment? A um, couple, of, couple of games under your belt with Ross Kenty, 2-0 at Celtic Park. Uh, I guess, you know, it wasn't a great surprise that Celtic won that one. And then the game at the weekend where you were down to nine men uh, and St Mirren went on to win 2-0. Yeah, well, first and foremost, I've heard you talking about the COVID. Our first game was at uh, Parkhead, and it was a real strange, eerie uh, atmosphere. After 15 minutes, you know, I says to, I went into uh, Lenny's bench, and I says, this is no football. Mm-hmm. You know, Celtic Park without the supporters there. Yeah. And Lenny says, oh, right enough, this is your first game. So it's just not right, you know, but you have to get on with it. In terms of the COVID up here, is the protocol that we have to follow. As second to none, it's, you know, we get tested, we have to wear our masks, we're in meetings, we have to wear our masks. So we're trying to do it right. And then, as you say, Rob, you're going to the start of the football. Um, it's been a rough, tough start. You're coming in, you've got to Celtic. You know we've got to be right up against it. Um, but it painted a picture what I got off the ball, although we got beat 2 0. It was a real solid foundation, that honest, hard working bunch of boys. And I said, they're right, okay, that gives us a start, a platform to go. Then we go and play St. Mum <clears> on Saturday. And for 30 minutes, we were the better team, created a lot more chances. Uh, their goalkeeper had one or two great saves. And then, you know, we get two men sent off the young boy, Josh Reed, very uh, impulsive on the, on the second one. The first one was a bit soft, he's booking. But the referee, instead of helping a young kid through it and talking with him, they felt they had to send him off. And then the third one, Ross Draper, I don't know if any of you see Let, let me, John, John, before you continue, <laughs> let, let me, this is, I've got to be in my bonnet about this one at the moment, I really do. And we should say, Colin Stephen was the referee, I think he deserves to be named. Um, it was, it wasn't even one yellow card, far less two. I, th- I think because, I think your immediate reaction after the match, I'm not sure you'd seen it properly at that stage, because you were talking about him raise, raising a hand, but I mean, it, it was an unbelievable sending off that one. Well, the first one, if, if they had seen it, and you're talking about the fourth official and the linesman, you know, if they seen it the way I've seen it, you know there was no contact there. Yeah. Uh, and the month was wet, doing and rolled over. Yeah. This thing's creeping in the game now, Rob. I've seen it, I've been out it, but I'm seeing it. You know, players nowadays, they feel like they just want to fall down and the referees are buying it. And that's what happened with Drake. The thing about it, once he sort of went over the guy to try and get him up, all the man boys were in him. Mm. And... You know, he raised his arm. But uh, I went to see the referee after the game and sort of say that, having the benefit of watching it on uh, on the video, I went in and he just says, listen, he says, I'm quite happy with the decisions I made. <laughs> you're, you're, lucky, you're lucky he didn't red card you as well, because he was obviously... <laughs> no, I never, it's hard to say. I'm quite sure he was, trying, he was trying his best. And he just got that wrong. But me coming at Ross County, you know, we... we you're looking for the referees to get these decisions right because yeah. we're right up against it. And that's it. So that's why it's been a tough, a right tough start. Then who do we go to tomorrow? We'll go to high flying hands tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Did you see the red cards, Craig? I've seen the incidents, yeah. I mean, look, um, uh, John, you would have been disappointed, like I says, I think, with Reed, with, with the two yellow cards. They were very, very soft. And for me, I, I don't think the lad should have been in a position to, to be sent off. 
Um, and also the the second one I, I thought was poor and, and it ends up having a real influence on a game that you were extremely competitive in. So it, it hurts you uh, in terms yeah, of... Yeah, 100%. And what I say, see, see another day where you've been the referees, that you, you understand, you try to get along with the players and the young kid, the young left back, Josh Reed, just making his way mm-hmm. in the game. And see his first one, the first one was in a yellow card. That nah. Was, he says to the referee, go and give him, help him along, pull him in and say, listen, son, yeah. The second one, he was in Petrius, he was all over. That was a yellow card. But the first one, but the referees nowadays, they, 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 you know, they see it and the, the cards are coming out. And it's, co- it's, common well, sen- it's common sense, you again. Know, use a wee bit of common sense. Read the situation. It's too much letter to the law now and, and you know, making silly decisions, rash decisions, as you say. Just have a word with the kid. Tell him to calm himself down. If he, if he thinks it's a bad tackle or a rash tackle, calm yourself down, son. You know, realise the situation, and that almost quashes it all. This this kind of jumping into mad decisions. It's, well, it's affected your game at the weekend. It's affecting results. Ah, one hundred percent. And I sort of say that to him, but once again, if that's the way the game's going, then we have, and I've said after it, we have to get streetwise. You don't get sucked into all that, and yeah. then that's the way the game's going. Then you know you're sort of saying to yourself, as you say, streetwise, and if people are falling down, and you're getting free kicks, and that's the way the game's going, which. I don't like, you know, um, mm-hmm. and join the party. That's what I'm sort of saying to the players, yeah. you know, and you, you don't want to be everybody, everybody alone, and that's it. So, a little bit disappointing, but we're not making excuses. You know, we have to get on and we have to learn from it. I think the hard thing, Yogi, as well, and you, you've been involved in the game long enough, when you're down there, uh, these kind of things, they, they they do go against you a lot or you feel as if they're, they're going against you. It certainly was a situation, um, obviously, in, in that match. But in, in terms of what you've seen from the, the team in, in an early stage, do you feel as if there's a real opportunity to try and get yourselves climbing up the table? Yeah, 100%. And the reason I'm saying that, Craig, is they're a real honest, authentic, hard-working bunch. You know, you say, this is what I want to do. And they just need a little bit of guidance. A little bit of guidance. uh, And I need to get them on the training pitch. The problem I've got as well, we need to get all the injured boys back on the training pitch. Here's numbers to pick from. If we can do that, then we've got a right good chance. And then come the window, obviously, um, you know, if we can get one or two in just to help them along, will be like no different to any other club will be trying to do that. Is the Roy McGregor checkbook available, John? Well, I, I had the chairman. The chairman's been different class, honestly. It's just, and I'm not just saying that, I'm saying this to patronise him. He's come in there, he's sat in, he's listened to the meetings, he's listened to the recruitment meetings, and the decisions he's come up, he's, just, he's made my job easier. He's took the pressure right off in terms of, in terms of usually, I'll, t- I'll tell you exactly what he says, usually when you're in there, you're looking to spin the plates, can I have to, to get have to get two out to get one in and all this stuff. And the chairman just says, just to, to, listen, John, go and do what you have to do. You do. No one has to leave this football club. You can't ask any more than that, no. uh, chairman. Were, were, were you worried that Ross Stewart might be might be sold in the window? Well, he said that, uh, we addressed that as well when I spoke to with Ross. And the, the one thing about him, he, he's, He's a hard worker and he wants to learn and he wants to listen. But I spoke to him. He says to me, if I'm here at the end of the season, he says, so be it. And that's his same with the chairman. What will be, what will be, we're off for Ross County. And if it means keeping Ross Stewart to the end of the season to keep Ross County in the SPL, then that's what we'll do. And is he is he available tomorrow, John? No, we're hoping that, uh, that I just, <clears> just a just tight hamstring. We're hoping that... Um, 
he'll miss tomorrow, possibly miss Saturday, but we're hoping to have him back next again Saturday. And when I'm talking about this tough start as well, it's getting him on the training pitch. You know, we play Saturday, Wednesday, so it's more recovery. Mm. And getting, yeah. him on the pitch, getting him, get new ideas into him, see who can do it, get them all on the training pitch. Uh, and if we can do that, we'll be all right. But I mean, we've, we've been speaking already in the show about how well Hibs did at Ibrox at the weekend. Uh, I mean, they're a top team, no doubt about it. And and yet again for you, it's it's a it's a real tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. But it has, you have to embrace that. You have to embrace the, the challenge. You have to embrace the hard work and the shift. And you you have to uh, inspire. You know, when you're going to use the road at the flying eye, you say, "I'm going to show them what it's all about." So all the teams being picked, all the tactics, all, all the team talks being done. You know, I like I like to do that. I like to let them sleep on it. You know, visualise themselves playing in the game, who they're playing against, uh, all that stuff. And then it's hopefully they can go on the pitch and implement it. Uh, and that'll be the case. That'll be the case doing it at Hibs. And then take the game to Hibs. Let Hibs know they've been in a game. And if we can, that's what I'm asking of them. If they can go and do that, win, lose or draw, then I'll be a happy manager. And you're loving being back. We can hear it in your voice. Absolutely unbelievable, unbelievable. I just, I just got in the house about twenty minutes ago. I knew I was taking this call, and I've got all my paperwork in front of me because don't forget, I'm just coming back in, and then the windows opening. So all I'm doing is talking to agents, and every agent I talk to, they've got the best. <clears throat> the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> once you start talking to them, and you're starting going through it at the um, Get one, get one free. So that's no team. Mm-hmm. You know, all the yeah, it's got to do that. Part and parcel of the job. It's my job to get out there and find a couple that can help the team along. Yeah, the hard thing, Yogi, at this time of year as well is normally January is not really the biggest transfer window, as you know, and, and you, you you want players that can come in and make an impact immediately, which are normally players that have been playing regularly, which is normally what's not on the table yeah. come January. Yeah. You've got it in one. You've got and one, and we can. We have to, afford, and they have to be better than what you've got. So yep. usually, if it's <clears> players, it's players that other teams are not wanting. So you have to give what you've got the best opportunity. And that's why I'm a constant wanting them on the training pitch, so I can assess them. But every now and then, if you can get that wee one in, a good one, you know, a new face gives the whole place a lift. But it has to be a right, the right one. And maybe this time in the January, you you need to be brave. And you maybe have to take a gamble. Yeah. You know, it might work, it might not work. And I'm quite sure most of the other clubs will be in the exact same position. Mm. With the COVID, where are you getting them from? Where's your market? You know what your market, yeah. where are you get, getting them from? And then, trust me, every time I uh, phone up a, a club about a player, when you're, the agent picks your phone up, you do your homework, you ask the question, anybody else in from and it's all the same clubs all the same Scottish clubs are in for the same players yeah yeah. John how many teams do you think are in the relegation scrap well I think what is a four point separating six teams I think everyone's in it yeah. I think everyone's in it and if we can you know everyone for themselves our shop I've really sort of narrowed instead I've, what I've tried to do is I've tried to put the in there in terms of what's our uh, objective and the objective is simple it's the next game. It's the next game. Don't look too far in front of ourselves. Don't get in front. Don't you as a player and your mindset look far. You know, let's just concentrate on the next game and keep working hard on the training pitch, taking on board what I'm trying to instill. And I think it'll take care of itself.
I really do I think it'll take care of itself You'll get it's great to obviously have you back in the game I can, as the guys say that your enthusiasm for the football played in a dressing room with you I know what you're all about but it was interesting to just hear comments here about uh, Celtic Park and the atmosphere with no fans I covered a game for Celtic at St Murn at the start of the season and it was almost like a practice match do you feel that you've got different ways there that you have to motivate the players you know to get out there playing in these empty stadiums well, at the moment Cause it's, well, it's, a weird, it's a weird situation eh well, I am hoping for if I talk about my team I'm hoping that that takes the pressure right off and yeah. just mm. go and play, go and play. yeah I play and, I'm, and I've said that to them today but if you're talking about the COVID I think it's affected Celtic I really really do I think yeah. Celtic's one of the teams that are affected and I think other teams that have uh, benefited for, for, from it sorry in terms of no fans here they've just went to play so I'm hoping that my boys I can get them to yeah. a freedom to go and without fear mm-hmm. yeah go and express yourself but Ty and Craig you'll know See where you are where you are and at times you're fighting for your life and all that stuff. To get the shackles off your players and let them go and express yourself. Mm. It's, very, it's difficult. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get the gold dust on them and say, come on, you're a good player. Go, go and do your stuff. And if I can do that, you know, we'll be all right. Well, if you can get that enthusiasm across to the players, and I'm sure that's happening already, John, um, let's hope there's a, a turnaround not too far away for, for Ross County. Good to have you on the show, as per usual, and we wish you all the best, of course. Well, well listen, guys, thanks very much, and have a nice uh, nice New Year, OK? Same yeah. to you. Same to you, you'll get yeah. Yeah. all the best, mate. All the best. Happy New Year to you, John, when it comes as well. Two games under his belt as Ross County manager. It is going to be tough, but uh, he is certainly... Uh, turning the positive on the situation as he always does of course uh, we're going to be hearing from Stephen Presley later on in the show it's Rob McLean it's Simon Donnelly and it's Craig Moore on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited and uh, you can join the chat as well on 0808 17 17 700 The Go Radio Football Show it's the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited, Rob McLean, Simon Donnelly and Craig Moore. Looking ahead to uh, big matches tomorrow, lots of them in the Premiership and uh, staggered kickoffs as well. Not for television reasons for once, uh, but they're just staggered anyway uh, to make it a little bit more challenging for us, presumably. It is uh, Celtic against Dundee United at three o'clock, St Mirren against Rangers at the same time. Then it's St Johnston Hamilton. Sorry, that's a three o'clock kickoff as well. Livingston play Aberdeen at four. Davy Martindale's on form team looking to keep that impressive run going. Uh, Hibs against Ross County. We've just spoken to John Hughes, of course, about another big challenge uh, for the new man in possession of the hot seat in Dingwall. That's a, a six o'clock start at Easter Road, and the final game uh, tomorrow in the Premiership is uh, Motherwell against. Kilmarnock and that is at 6.15. There's championship football of course uh, tonight. It's uh, United against Morton at 6. Inverness Dunfermline half past. Uh, Dundee Alloa is 7.45. Hearts against are both the same and Wraith Rovers against Queen of the South. Uh, Rob McLean, Craig Moore, Simon Donnelly and let's say hello as well to Craig from Cumbernauld. Hi Craig. Oh, hi guys, how you doing? Hope you had a, a lovely Christmas and that. Did you? Um, yourself? I did. Good. I did indeed. <clears throat> and and the, uh, the Boxing Day result against Hibs certainly um, helped make it an even nicer occasion. <laughs> were, you, were, um, you, were, you con- were you concerned about that game? 
Uh, well, listen, the Hibs are a good team. And when we played them before, obviously, Easter Road, it was a, a two-each draw. So, yeah, it was a, it was a concern. Um, you know, but I think one of the things we've been sort of really good at this season, especially at Ibrox, is, is finding those answers. I mean, you know, Motherwell posed a tricky question to us. And, you know, the other week when they sort of set up with two banks of five after scoring squarely on and, you know, you just have to keep going and keep going and, and get the the result that, that you need and we did and I think, you know, as, as well as Hibs played and they did, particularly in the second half come out and have a real go is I think I was quite happy with the fact that they actually did only have, I think it was like one shot on target so in that respect it's not as if, you know, they weren't peppering the goal with all sorts of shots that partially comes down to the fact that their finishing maybe wasn't as good as it should be but other than Hadji's moment um, where he sort of has the high boot which I mean could have been a penalty but I do think if that had been given it would have been certainly in the, the soft cag I think um, the thinking seems to be Craig that because there was no contact it's no penalty it's no it's no foul you know just because the boot's high is not enough if there's no contact well yeah I mean listen, I, I'd agree with that um, I understand that you know maybe the other side is that you could have been an opponent, but then, as I say, you said there was no contact, um, and I think that probably helps with the referee as well because there was no contact, and the Hibs boy went down holding his faces if there was contact, which yeah. probably, probably doesn't didn't help actually help his cause. Yeah, probably doesn't no, help doesn't. himself. Um, but I think you know, as long as we can take that, you know, the the determination we've shown to get results, uh, even when it's not been pretty, we can take that into the game against Celtic at the weekend and, and obviously you know tomorrow won't be an easy task St Byrne have shown you know they're the only team domestically that have found an answer to beating us yeah. so you know they, they will be sick of it and they're a good run of form but I expect that Gerard will be able to get out there tomorrow and, and right some of those wrongs for the League Cup um, exit but of course the important one is is at the weekend yeah. um, and I do think <clears throat> that because of the points gap we've got of course, there's pressure on it, but I think Celtic are under more pressure than us. Because even if we didn't win that game, you know, say it was a draw, for example, that would do absolutely nothing for Celtic. But yeah. it would be, I think it would be okay mm. for Rangers because it would keep us still 16 points clear. So, And you've been talking, Craig, about that, that new that new Rangers mentality, the, the new the attitude that, that everyone has this season. And, that, and that's something that uh, Stephen Davis has been talking about. Let's have a listen to what he had to say today. I think, as I said, to be able to draw on the negative experiences and, and see whenever you've slipped up, that you can't afford to take your eye off the ball whatsoever. Quality that we have throughout the squad now in the competition for places and everybody's desperate for the jersey and desperate to play and everybody's pushing each other in the right direction in, in terms of that as well. So just a combination of things, but listen, we're not foolish enough to to know that there's not a lot of football still to be played, a lot of challenges still going to be asked of us and until we actually have success as a group those questions are always going to be there so it's up to us just to remain focused and keep pushing each other. Craig Moore, everyone's singing from the same song sheet at Rangers. Yeah, no, very much so. And look, because you've got to remember, you know, very fresh in terms of the last couple of seasons, done very well up until this period of time. Obviously, winter shutdown, come back and, and not kicked on. Um, trophies are not handed out in, in December. Uh, it's come end of season in May. So the job at the moment uh, for Rangers is, is only halfway. Uh, and so the next four to six weeks, and I know that Reigns will take it, as will Celtic, game by game. But I think I, I agree with uh, Craig in terms of I believe Reigns and Celtic will um, take care of business tomorrow in, in their, their, their fixtures. But the actual old firm match, I don't think um, 
if Rangers were, were, were able to, at worst, get, get a draw and not lose that game, I, I think <clears> that that could be something that um, is really difficult then for, for Celtic to... I'm not saying it's over, but it'll be really, really difficult because we know that they've virtually got no wiggle room at the moment. Um, and if they can't make up ground on that old firm game, I'll tell you what, it becomes a really, really big challenge. Do the Celtic fans, Simon, look at tomorrow and Paisley with any, with any great hope that uh, that, it can, that, it, that that Rangers could could drop something? I think if you're a Celtic fan, you you always have a bit of hope. Yeah. Your your rivals are going to slip up, and and obviously they went there in the cup and slipped up recently. But the form that Rangers are in, said earlier on the show, I don't I don't see them not winning tomorrow. Uh, and I really think for Celtic to turn the momentum in the in the the title race, they have to win tomorrow and they have to go and win on Saturday. They have to go and play at their best. They'll need to be at their best mm. to beat a top-of-the-form Rangers team. But I think Celtic are going to have to put the dent in Rangers' title race rather than rely on other people. Here's Gary McAllister, uh, Craig, uh, talking about the, the St Mirren challenge tomorrow. We debrief the game as we do it after every match. We're disappointed because obviously a good record this season of, of keeping the ball at our, our goal, but to concede three was, was surprising. But we debriefed it and there was some uncharacteristic little errors in there, which we obviously want to put right and we don't want it to happen again. But it just doesn't involve the back, the back four and, and the goalkeeper. It involves the, the entire team. It's going to be tough. It'll be tough tomorrow. We expect it to be tough. St Myrna are in a great run as well. But we've got to trust ourselves. It's no great. It's no surprise, Craig uh, in Cumbernauld, is it? That to, to hear that 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 they've gone into it in forensic detail, but it it does just uh, bolster that belief that that this is this is a Rangers machine this season, um, which just doesn't uh, countenance uh, mistakes and getting things wrong. And and I guess it makes you think that they're going to get it right tomorrow in Paisley. Oh, exactly. You know that that's that's the way it's been. And you know um, the last time we went to Paisley when they lost that game, you know. Um, you know there might have been some people thinking, oh, you know, could this maybe be the start of a bit of, um, you know, downturn in fortunes? But the fact that they went out and won all three of the, the, the games they've played after it shows that, um, you know, that's one of those things that that, that happens. But they're dealing with it in a much better way. Though the heads haven't went down in the way that they have maybe in, in previous seasons at that type of disappointment. Um, but you do have to keep it up. And of course, you know, listen, um, tomorrow. You know, some will I expect and anticipate set up in a similar way, so it's about finding the answers to that. Um, but then I think Celtic do have a tricky game tomorrow. <clears throat> you know, it might be at Celtic Park, but Dundee United are a very physical team, and with the defence Celtic have got, you know, Nicky Clark, Mark McNulty, Shankland, the form they've been on could cause them problems because that that is Celtic's Achilles heel. Realistically, you know, I mean, Ibrox on Sunday, yes, Griffiths, Edward are both seemingly starting to hit the ground now a bit but I don't know whether you know if their defence isn't at the I mean they need to be the best they've been all season at Ibrox defensively otherwise I'm not sure that they can outscore Rangers if their defence is so poor um, because yes they beat Hamilton and yes they've beaten beaten Ross County but I think we'd all accept that they're, they're games that Celtic should be winning and we'll, with the greatest respect to Hamilton and Ross County and Ross County also shot Celtic in the cup but you know, attacking wise, they're not going to have the kind of players that might cause you the same type of problems. I think in those, um, I think in those games, Simon Donnelly as well. I mean, you, you're probably looking more at performance <clears> and and signs of recovery for Celtic than you are just at plain result, which, as Craig says, you you kind of expect. Yeah, but I think at that 
stage and the run that Celtic were in or on, they would have just taken the three points and move on to the next one because as Craig says there, at the moment Celtic's form, there is no easy game. You're not going into games thinking they're going to roll teams over three, four. They have to be at the top of their game. And there's been wee signs of that in the last few games. Obviously, the, the second half of the cup final was a wee bit concerning how quickly the confidence drained from them, but they got over the line. Uh, maybe that was a wee bit of pressure release there. They've since then got the two decent results. But I agree with Craig, it's not an easy game tomorrow and they'll need to be fully focused for it. If Rangers win tomorrow, Craig, and win on the second, is that it? Um, I, I think if, it would be extremely difficult to see a way back for Celtic if, if that was to be the case. I mean, listen, um, you know, I, the heartache as a Rangers fan that we you know, experienced over the last decade, um, you take absolutely nothing for granted, even if you know you do get those two results. Um, but you know, it would take a monumental collapse for Rangers to throw away for that position. Because if they win those two games, even with three games in hand, even if Celtic won all three, they're still ten points behind. Now, you're then looking at you know an over ton of points of at least eleven points. So that's a lot of points Rangers would need to drop. Um, for Celtic to get back but by the same token so all points Celtic when they together you know, you know they've been talking recently Neil Lennon's been coming out and saying somebody's due to get this this doing for Celtic and he said at the weekend that the flamboyance was back and you know they're entitled to be confidence but I'm not sure that you can look at the Celtic performances even the positive results if I didn't say that the flamboyance is back and they're due to you know as Simon was saying there you know turn somebody over you know 4-5-6 which yeah. seems to be the suggestion coming for the Celtic camp but when you take it a game at a time if Rangers win the next two games I think it is probably season over um, and at that point you know I, I and I think as well the other pressure that's in Celtic particularly Lennon you know Felixkin, Felolio and, and Desmond I get the feeling that if he does lose on Sunday that he's probably going to be out the door as well so um, you know I think that, that's that got to be the focus for Rangers just win those two games get the results um, over the line and, and do it and as I say even a draw wouldn't be a disaster yeah. on Sunday by any uh, stretch of the imagination Craig good to have you on the show as ever and uh, we'll wish you a happy new year when it comes cheers guys all the best all the best the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited <laughs> and Stephen Presley is fast approaching The Go Radio Football Show Let's go The Go Radio Football Show Let's go Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! It's Rob McLean and Simon Donnelly and Craig Moore on the Go Radio Football Show for a Tuesday. It's Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. And we're less than 24 hours away from another burst of Premiership. 
Football doesn't seem so long since the weekend, but we're all set for Celtic against Dundee United uh, tomorrow at three in the afternoon. Yes, three in the afternoon, 1500 hours. Uh, St Mirren against Rangers and Paisley. St Johnston play Hamilton at the same time. Then it's Livingston versus Aberdeen. That's a four o'clock kickoff. Hibs against Ross County at six. Uh, Motherwell against Kilmarnock is. 6.15 So Simon and Craig with me in the studio and it's interesting to note isn't it that uh, it is a year ago to the day that Rangers uh, beat Celtic went away on a trip to Dubai for the winter break and it all went horribly wrong and I think that's a, it, it's, a, it's an anniversary that is, is actually quite important to Rangers because I think they've used that Craig haven't they in the course of this season mm-hmm. to get things right yeah, very much so. I mean, that was a great day, uh, obviously, because it'd been a, a long time that, that Rangers have uh, had, had had a result against Celtic. So going away this time last year with a lot of confidence um, and then coming back and obviously things not uh, pushing on in the in the way that they would have liked. But I look, I, I just keep going back to the fact that those two seasons of that experience, of being in a good position, of not actually kicking on, the messaging that's been coming out, from uh, Rangers all season, you know, from Steven Gerrard, be humble, game at a time. Like, they've been really, really consistent with their messaging. Um, and we know how uh, the squad has been able to rotate and players have come in and, and, and it's been seamless and have come in and, and have done a job. And, yes, they had the bad result uh, in the in the League Cup in a very, very difficult match. So they would have lost a season or two ago against Motherwell. They come back and, and, and grafted out a result. So they've just been able to keep chipping away. But... It is one game at a time, and, and until you're in a position where, um, you know, Stephen Gerrard lifts a, a trophy for the football club, he's always going to be under that pressure as a manager at this moment in time that hasn't won anything. I'm just looking at Celtic's record for the season so far, mm. Simon. The the Premiership table: Celtic played 17, won 12, drawn four, lost one. Goal difference plus 28. Under other circumstances, that wouldn't really be bad at all. But it, but it's when you look at the the team above them, and there have been practically no slip ups. Yeah, Rangers of their form and the table this season reflects on probably what Celtic have been like over the last few years. Uh, you're right, any other season that looks okay, mm. but ultimately the draws in, in Rangers' form, uh, they find themselves you know, 13 points behind. So, I'll bet they've got the games in hand, but you would, you'd much rather have... Points on the board. Points on the board, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, especially such a big... Pressurised season, you know, going for the ten, it's it's going to be mighty difficult for them to to peg it back, and there's there's we keep saying it, there's no room for error, is there? And I and I think that's probably it's high it's heightened obviously the emotion this season because ten in a row season, um, so there's there's a lot of pressure that comes with that, and I think it's it's more on the back of maybe what Celtic didn't do in Europe this season yeah. as well. That's kind of then allowed. Yeah. Uh, continual questions and, and and maybe performances and uh, you know because that domestic record you're right it's it's a good record Rob you know what I mean mm. one defeat in seventeen it's not horrible uh, I think it was just like says they found themselves in a in a in a bit of a rut in terms of uh, performance and results uh, especially in, in Europe and kind of just needed a little bit of freshness and they've had that like I said we touched on the I think the COVID the is, remember there was one point. Uh, Celtic never played games and it, it, it yeah, allowed the chance out. for Rangers to stretch out well, it, was, it, was bowling, it, it was the bully bowling goalie yeah, wasn't it yeah, right, right at the start it, the, the, the season had barely started and, but, and, but it stopped but you look at those little things and momentum that 
is gathered by Rangers, you know, getting the right results and starting to stretch there and the psychological mm, effect mm-hmm, that that could mm-hmm. maybe have, you know, is chasing. They've never really been in a position where they've been chasing over the last yeah. few years. It's, yeah. it's new territory. So all those things, you know... Play when, into it. Uh, when they come Play. together, it, <clears throat> it makes it really difficult for Celtic now. Uh, it's not irretrievable, but, you know, there's, there's no room for error. It's five past six on the Go Radio Football Show for uh, Tuesday. Rob McLean, Simon Donnelly and Craig Moore in the studio. And we're joined by Mr Stephen Presley. Hi, Stephen. Rob, how are you? Very Merry well. Hi, same to you. How was it for you? It was nice. Yeah? You know, it was only, it was only the four of us, but we had a, a really nice time, a, a quiet Oh, just lost you. Are you still there? He's, he's hung up on us. <laughs> yeah, it was such a nice time. He's he's departed the scene. Are you still there, Stephen? Right, we seem to have uh, we seem to have lost him. So <clears> we will uh, we will get back to him. I was going to ask actually you two, uh, you know, with massive experience of, of the old firm fixture, how difficult is it in this sort of week where you've got a game on the Wednesday to not be thinking about the Saturday? Yes, the old cliche is every every game at a time. You know, you take one at a time. Uh, I think remembering back to my kind of time, we'd always play Boxing Day. So you'd yeah. always be up at, we would always seem to be up at Putaudry. Yeah. Uh, which would ruin your Christmas Day first and foremost. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be travelling up there on yeah, Christmas yeah. Day. But yeah, you just kind of, I think this one, because it's so close and the game at the weekend could be such a big one. Mm. But you just need to keep your, your mind on this one because if Celtic slip up yeah. tomorrow, then Saturday almost doesn't matter. You know, if they, if they don't win tomorrow yeah, exactly. and Rangers win. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same the other way as well. I mean, if, if Rangers were to slip up and Celtic get their result, then you go into it as a whole shift of momentum. Shift. So know. Let's welcome Stephen Presley back into the, the conversation. I thought I thought we defended you early on there when you, when you departed the scene, but you're back with us, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm Rob. Sorry Good. That sounds, that. Uh, no, no, that sounds like a better. That sounds like a better line. Uh, to be honest, did did you know? Did you know that it was uh, 14 years to the day that you left Hearts for Celtic? Yeah, well, kind of because uh, you messaged me. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I was trying to make it. I was trying to make it a spontaneous <laughs> yeah. moment there as well. Yeah. So, so you informed me of that, but no, it wasn't when I left Hearts. I left Hearts about four weeks prior to, to the signing it was I actually was training on my own for, for four weeks ah, but right. I, was, I was in a situation where um, obviously with the window closed I couldn't uh, I couldn't sign with any club until until or be registered with any club until January the 1st mm. so that was kind of my, my December it was a, a December of training on my own and then deciding where my, my future would lie after after leaving Hearts because the truth is at that time Rob I thought I would see my career out at Hearts that was very much in my thinking but yeah. um, as is football you never know what's round the corner what how did it how did it remind us how it ended at Hearts well it was obviously after the statement I was a bit disillusioned with everything that was going on within the club you know standards. All of these aspects, you know, the lies, deceit, you know, just the real, what I think is a culture of a football club, a successful football club with, you know, very good values within that. They just weren't there at that time. And it become a situation as well for myself where I was the, the real kind of... The rebel. 
No, not the, not the rebel. The, the player that everybody came to. Yeah. You know, at, at that time, they wouldn't go to the manager. It would be to myself to try and sort out all the the difficult situations, and then include staff, and that include assistant coaches, and that. Getting you ready it for management, me. Elvis. It was, but huh? it wasn't. It wasn't what I needed at the time. You know yourself <laughs> as, a, as a football player, you, you want to concentrate on your job, and it just became too much, yeah. and there was uh, too many problems, and it led to me making the kind of infamous Rickerton speech. So um, was it the Rickerton three? The Rickerton, yes, yeah. The Rick, you and Craig and and Paul, Paul Hartley. Hartley, Craig Gordon, Paul Hartley. That's right. Yeah, and then on the back of that. Rob, I had a situation where, um, regarding my future, I, I was to decide, and there was three clubs that were very prominent in their interest with me, which was Celtic, which was Charlton, and which was Rangers at the time. And I was due to meet David Murray, um, you know, a week before signing with Celtic. I was due to meet him, but then I think Craig would have been at the club yeah. at the time. It all kicked off with... Um, Paul Le Guin and Barry and all that situation erupted. So we had to put a hold to the to, to the meeting. I then went down to Charlton, and Charlton really was where I, I fancied going because they were a Premier League club at the mm. time. And I met with Charlton, we agreed all terms, I went through the medical, everything was agreed. And when I phoned home, mm. my wife still wasn't convinced because we had just had our second child. It was literally a week before that. We'd had our second child and she wanted to stay close to her mother. And on the back of that, Gordon phoned me and I was at the airport and I said, Gordon, really, I'm, I'm going to go to Charlton. They're offering me a much better contract, much better deal. He said to me, what is it? I explained. He came back to me about an hour later and said, Stephen, we'll do it. We'll match it. And with with that and with the situation of my wife... <laughs> hey, good one, well done. Can you, be, can you be my agent? I, <laughs> I like that. So that, that, that's how it all came about. But, yeah. uh, you know, that, 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 that was a situation. I ended up having a really, really enjoyable 18 months yeah. at Celtic. You know, where I think I think when you're at that stage of your career, Rob, you know, I was at Rangers as a young player. Yeah. I played with Craig there. Sometimes you don't appreciate just how good and big the clubs are. But when you come back after being away from mm. that for so long, you realise how fortunate you are to be involved in a football club like that. Um, was it any sort of decision for you? Was it any sort of big deal for you, having been a Rangers player, that you signed for Celtic? None whatsoever, because I was brought up in the East and there was very little in the way of sectarianism. You're an Elgin boy, I aren't never, you? I was an Elgin boy, but, but brought up in the East, close to Edinburgh. And I never experienced sectarianism growing up. I really didn't. It wasn't something... Uh, you know, that was close to home. Um, also, I was a, an Aberdeen fan as an early, uh, as, a, as a youngster growing up through the Ferguson years. Um, and, and so, you know, football for me was just playing football. And yeah. whichever club I gave to, I gave my absolute commitment. And that for me was it. You know, it's, it's, it's like management as well. Wherever I go, I manage that team and that is my team. So I never really had that. Um, so for me personally it wasn't difficult but I've said this a number of times in interviews people that I thought <clears> were acquaintances of mine actually never spoke to me again on really? the back of wow. yeah on the back of signing for, for Celtic I never heard from some people ever again people that would write me 
uh, birthday cards or Christmas cards. Off the list. Off the list. Off the list. Off the list. Wow. Absolutely. In fact, my big mate, Brian Reed. He never spoke to me for 18 months. <laughs> Big Reedy, I still speak, speak to Big Reedy as well. He's, a, he's an Albion, isn't he? Um, Albion Rovers. Yeah. Albion Rovers. Yeah. Albion Rovers. I spoke to him today because I sent him. I sent him this afternoon. My, my my son gave me a pair of boots for him. Brand new Adidas boots to send up to the big chap. So he, he'll, he'll be happy. He'll be happy. Elvis, you touched on your commitment a, a little bit earlier on there. Uh, I probably got the opportunity to see it firsthand as a young lad growing up. Um, a few a few scuffles with a, with a certain Mr. McCoy <laughs> and Mark Haley. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good days, eh? Great days, but that's where it's all changed, Craig. You know yourself. We were lucky in terms of growing up in a dressing room like that. You know, people seen the, the happy-go-lucky McCoy, but McCoy was a fearsome competitor. Yeah. You know, he really was. And all of these players, and we were in an environment where it was... Although there was a culture, a drinking culture, it was a culture of winners. You know, the winners that we had in that dressing room and mm. growing up. So, you know yourself, even training, yeah, yeah. it was training to win. Was, it no, was, it, no hold, was it no holds barred, Stephen? I, well, listen, it was just that the standards were such. Competitive. You know, it's a different... Yes, yeah, so competitive. You know, and you've got to look at the dressing room at that time. You know, you had... John Brown, your Richard Goff, you know, your internationals like Gary Stevens, Trevor Stephen, you know, Terry Hurlock, mm. Stuart McCall, McCoy's Haitley, Ferguson, such fierce competitors. Shrink, so, shrinking violets, Elvis, eh, in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that's what I mean. And, and, and I can't tell you how lucky I am to have grown up in a dressing room where, you know, standards are so high and winning was so important. <clears throat> You know, I agree. With you. Great uh, days, they were great days. Yeah, I think just listening to you there, it reflects on my experience coming in at Celtic. You know, I signed at Celtic seventeen, lucky enough to break into the first. I played against you many a time. You know, coming yeah. through the ranks, or, or, or through the teams. But they, I always go back to the education. Even when I was playing with the reserves, yeah. we were playing with experienced, experienced players versus experienced players. Yeah, the education course. that I got in that dressing room. Stood me in good stead for the yeah, re- yeah. rest of my career. But the thing is, as well, and Elvis, you, you'll vouch for this as well. Like when you're a younger player coming through at Rangers or Celtic, and you get that opportunity to go and train with the first team, that yep. that hunger and desire to to really grab that that opportunity because you don't know when the next opportunity is going to be. Um, and, and and look, that's something that I, I probably feel has, has lost a little bit in our game today in terms of you know younger players coming through the clubs and. Um, doesn't mean as much to him, or is that that culture that we might yeah. not get another opportunity? I don't know whether that is still the way it should be today, and what drove us back in our years. No, I, I agree with you. You know, you've got situations as well where you've got young players that really cannot see the first team for the trees. It's so far away mm. at a lot of clubs, a lot of big clubs. You know. In our days, you were brought on, you were in the reserve group. It was either you played Reserve League West or Reserves, Premier Reserves, and there was the first team. There wasn't an abundance of players in your way. If you'd performed well, then you got the opportunity Mm. to train with the first team. That doesn't exist anymore. And the exposure to that was massive. The other thing is that the, the managers in those days had more personal contact with the young players yep. than I think at many clubs these days. 
you know, I, I can't remember, I've said this numerous times, I can't remember the amount of balls I headed under Archie Knox. Yep. You know, just heading the basics of football, the absolute basics, and all these things are missing from the way the kids are developed today. You know, the coaches, when I watch them developing kids, a lot of it is about the tactical detail. But mm. the tactical detail is irrelevant if you can't do the basics. Yep, yep. And that's one of the things that they concentrated. Simon, probably you'll experience that as well. Just the basics of football. Yep, you yep. know, they were so important to the players. And, and that's what I took. I took that. And we in those days as well, you weren't coached like your coach today. Mm-hmm. You were... You were you, as players, you had to communicate with each other. You had to tell each other. So, as well as that, you developed, in my opinion, leadership. Yeah. And the other thing is, as you you two know better than me, is that especially going into a dressing room with the players I've mentioned and the players you were lucky enough to play with, Simon. If you didn't have a bit of character or a bit about yourself, you were not going to survive. You wouldn't, yeah. you no, were you, not you wouldn't survive. survive. You wouldn't survive. But you're, you're right there. You touch on it. I mean, you you worked with Tommy, Tommy Burns as well. You know, with the yep. the twenty ones and and whatever. Uh, but it was all basic stuff that he took us back in the afternoons Absolutely. to work with. You had to, as a player, when you you dropped into that first team scenario. Yeah. You have to yep. it's, it's sink or swim, and yeah, you have yeah. to learn quickly different yeah. things and within training sessions. And, and you touched on it there. The, the training sessions were like cup finals, like Friday, young v old. Yeah, yeah. Guys would be trying to That's kick it. your head off, and you had to adapt to it. You had to see things quickly. It brought your game on, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a, the focus on, you know, what I see nowadays with youngsters. My, my kid was at Morton for a little while all this kind yep. of shape and moving the ball about at 12, 12 and 13 they were getting one or two touches a session so it's, but it's too early yeah? Like in terms of that tactical stuff I think it's, it's Elvis says though, that, come, that comes after you've mastered the, the actual basics of football yeah, yeah. of course yeah. of what? course Simon I, I wouldn't you know I would I would work really hard with the young players on all their basics yeah. but see the, ta- the tactical element is there to protect you as a player. So if you're a fullback and the way that you get the inside cover from the wide midfield player, it creates a 2v1 situation, but that's at first team level. Yeah, Actually, yeah. in the development of the player, I want to leave him 1v1 yeah. because one, I want the wide player to, to show the ability to take him on, but two, Test I want my right it. back. I want my right back to learn how to defend yeah. a 1v1. So you actually don't need the tactical detail at that age because you won't expose them to scenarios where they're actually having to figure them out and think for themselves. Yeah, then when they have the tools and you bring in the tactic, then you've got a real chance. Then you've got a real chance. When, when you're on the show, we could talk all night. In fact, we're probably in the process of talking all night <laughs> as I speak. But, but I just want to get your thoughts for a couple of minutes here, Stephen, before you go, um, about, yeah. the, about the current climate, the current situation with the, the Premiership, with the title race. Yep. Uh, Celtic, Dundee United tomorrow, St Mirren Rangers, then, of course, the big one at Ibrox on the 2nd of January. How are you seeing it at the moment? Is there any way back for Celtic? Well, it's a, a, a win or bust game, I think. I think everybody would agree with that. A, a draw's no, a uh, draw's know, no good. A draw is no good. They have to win. Celtic have to win at the weekend. And and the reality is that um, you know Rangers go into that game on the back of five straight wins and and Celtic three straight wins. And it's going to be really interesting because Celtic, if you look at their team in recent weeks, their team is very much 
um, you know, filled with players from previous seasons almost. I think that the, 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 that the results recently and the performances recently has highlighted how bad the recruitment was in the summer. You know, most of their players that they, they recruited in the summer, with the exception of Turnbull, yeah. are on the bench. Mm-hmm. Are on the bench, and it just shows you. And if you look at Rangers, that how successful the recruitment was in the summer, and, and and you get a clear idea of why there is, in my opinion, the the, the difference in, in points this season. Yeah, you're talking the, 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 likes, the, the, the likes of the likes of Barkas and and Ayeti who who haven't made any discernible impact. Absolutely, and even if you look at Duffy, who's not playing, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not convinced the boy lacks out. Is better than um, Greg than Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. I, I, I don't <laughs> think so. That's my opinion, and I think Taylor's probably the better player. And when you bring in a player, he's got to be better than the one you're replacing. Mm-hmm. And at this moment in time, I don't see that. I see all of them, even Yajete, you know, and Elanusi, who's done okay, but still nothing, you know, in comparison to, in my opinion, the likes of Kemar Roof that's coming at. So the recruitment of players, I I said this right at the start, would have the biggest impact on this season. And Rangers have got it right and Celtic don't have. The only thing is that Celtic in recent weeks have shown signs of recovery. And and Rangers' recent performances have taken a slight dip, although results don't reflect that. Probably performances haven't been as high because their their performances for a period there were exceptional. But I think that also, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this, it's... It's something that I, I genuinely believe. Scott Arfield's missed a number of games recently. Mm-hmm. And I think Scott Arfield is like Brown was for, for yeah. Celtic for numerous seasons. Arfield's a great influence on that team. He sparks a lot of their pressing. He sparks a lot of their energy. And he's missing. And that could be a key factor for for Rangers at the weekend. So so you see the big contrast you see is, is a, a real problem with at Celtic in recruitment, in recent recruitment. They've had a great record, of course, in recent years yes. of, of recruiting really well, making profits on players and getting good value while they're there as well. But not so great this time. And, and what we're seeing at Rangers, Stephen, is layers of improvement over, over a two and a half year spell with Stephen Gerrard in charge. Absolutely. That that's the other thing. You know, we we're always crying out for change with managers. But I, I've said this numerous times. When I've come on this show, Rob. That that the key to success is stability within a club, mm. and no other manager probably because his profile would have got away with two years no trophies at Rangers. Yep. But the truth is, he was changing many aspects. He was building a culture, building a team for how he wanted to play. And this season, you're really seeing the benefits of that, you know, and it's it's taken time, but that's that's what 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 happens when you, you have a plan. Good to have you on the show. Uh, we'll have Pleasure. To, we'll have to call it. We're off here at seven, so we better, better call it quit. Call it quits for now. All but, right. But it's lovely, lovely to talk to you. Always is, and have a happy new year uh, when that comes round. All the best, Elvis. Yeah. Good All right. Care, Elvis. Cheers, boys. Take care. Cheers. Bye. That's Stephen Presley uh, talking, uh, well, initially about his move to Celtic. Interesting stuff there, wasn't it? About how he left Hearts uh, as well, the whole scenario. Aye, and the choices he had as well. Yeah. No Chilton in the Premiership at the time. Rangers were back on the scene for him. Uh, but I can really, I mean, after I left Celtic, I never really, I went down to Sheffield Wednesday, never really played at that kind of mm-hmm. environment again. Yeah. So for him to start his career with Rangers... And then get the chance to have 18 months at the end of his career, you know, back at Celtic. 
you know, I'm jealous. Ah, yeah, nah, but it's again because you asked the question, Rob, in terms. But you appreciate of, it more then as well, probably. Also appreciate it, but the type of character. Um, I mean, I'm, it's, it's easier for me because I'm, I'm from Australia, so a little bit like Elvis, you've not got that that background. Yeah. Um, but you know, to play for both Rangers and Celtic yeah. is, uh, you know, Kenny Miller. What was another one? I think in my time, and maybe was it Mark yeah. Brown, who was a young goalkeeper that comes through the ranks at Rangers yeah. and then yeah. went to Celtic. So the few few players that, that have done it, and I take my hat off to them because it mustn't be easy. But at the same time, it must be fantastic to to play for. Uh, two great football clubs as well, you know. So I see the way yeah. that, it, that it finished for, for Elvis. It was fascinating chat with Stephen Presley, and you can join the football conversation as well on the Go Radio Football Show. That number is 08 08 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. The football chat is flying for a Tuesday as ever. We've only got about half an hour to go now. John Hughes and Stephen Presley have joined us in the course of the show. Rob McLean in the studio with Craig Moore and Simon Donnelly as well on the brink of another round of really important Premiership football matches up and down the league table. Uh, Celtic uh, Dundee United firstly tomorrow at three. St Mirren against Rangers is happening at the same time and our show tomorrow will be three till five. Also encapsulating St Johnson against Hamilton, a three o'clock kickoff. Livingston versus Aberdeen is at four. Hibs against Ross County at six. At Motherwell against Kilmarnock is 6.15. So staggered kickoffs just to confuse you. That little bit more, that's all you need uh, at the moment, really. Uh, just before the break, uh, Simon, you were speaking about your move to Sheffield Wednesday, which uh, takes us on to um, an anniversary today, uh, the anniversary of the death, of course, of Phil O'Donnell, uh, 29th of December 2007. Uh, Phil died at the age of... 35 and um, well the the loveliest man imaginable from in my experience uh, you you knew him a hell of a lot better than me yeah well I think the three of us have all obviously came came across Phil in our, our careers in football I certainly had the the joy of having him as a teammate and as a really good friend away from the game uh, fantastic human being you know and my first memories of him Actually scored for Motherwell Ibrox. Yeah, uh, he was three years older than me, so I would have still been at school. And I went to watch him in the infamous cup final. We had friends of the family that were Motherwell supporters, so I went along as a kid. And little did I know that three, four years later, he'd be my teammate. But I remember the excitement around his signing. Tommy Burns brought him in, and because of my memories of him, the type of player he was, I was excited. You know. I think Yogi touched on it earlier on when a good player comes to the club it gives everybody a lift mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so the thought of playing alongside him was really exciting but then you get to know him and just a fantastic guy you know a real family man such a nice guy really really good company you know in nights out I, I look back fondly in nights out he would really come alive he loved to sing karaoke what was, what was his song? what was his go to? He, he had a few I mean I remember <laughs> him singing obviously uh, Neil Diamond uh, Forever in Blue Jeans is one, but I remember him uh, singing Queen. I forget the, the exact song, but he, he, he loved that. Was his he loved a party? You know, he was larger in life. He was all about. His, when we went to Sheffield, his family would be down all the time. Me and my uh, wife at the time didn't have any kids, so we were always over at theirs. They had two young kids at the time. They're four adults now, but it was like christenings or birthdays and. 
everybody together and people always say to me do you regret leaving Celtic and blah 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 but I always think things are for a, for a reason you know and I had four years there living the two of us were living in each other's pocket mm. because although he lived in Hamilton when we were here and I lived in East School Bride you had your own circle of friends we'd always get together we were close there was you know it was a close bunch at Celtic all of a similar age but when you go to Sheffield you're in each other's pockets you know we're the only two there yeah. Philip Scott was another Scott Scott Sky that was at ex St Johnston yeah. ex St Johnston yeah, yeah. so we tended to do everything together you know we, tra- we t- travelled into training together every day and that's what I take you know the positives from there because it was four years you know we lived really close together and Craig there was a, a housing connection wasn't there between you and Phil well, there was, yeah. I mean, uh, eventually, I lived in in the house that, that Phil ended up buying it uh, off me when I moved back to Australia, uh, which was in two thousand and seven. So I remember being back home in Australia, and when the news come through, I was uh, I was absolutely uh, shocked um, that someone as fit and healthy as Phil O'Donnell at the age of thirty five, um, you know, on, on a football field as well. It was uh, it wasn't it wasn't great, and obviously, it was worse for. For his family, immediate family. Um, but in terms of my dealings with him, you know, obviously I played against him a few times, and uh, I was a young lad coming through, and I just felt that he was he was one of the real good guys in in football. You know, he, he played the game with a smile on his face. He was honest. He was a competitor. Um, quite surprised, uh, Simon, you're saying about the karaoke and all that sort of stuff. I didn't know that he had that kind of thing in his well, locker. That's the thing because he was he went about his work. He was quite unassuming and quiet. Yeah, very professional, but. When you get close to somebody, you see the other side. You know, when the guard's mm. down, when we're at a party, and it was it was real fun to be around at parties. Yeah. You know, and and that's that's little bits. You can everybody sees the football side of him and the fantastic football player he was. Yeah. But the other bits I look back on fondly. But you know, the the, the nights where you're sitting there, you've had a couple of beers, maybe on the back of a good a good winner, yep. whatever, or a birthday party. And he would, he would go up and sing a couple of songs. Good on him. And and you only have to experience the the depth of feeling that spills out towards him every time this anniversary comes around, and and the sincerity of the tributes uh, to know how special he was. Well, I think that's because guys like yourself, Rob, will have experienced uh, Phil throughout the years dealing with the media or whatever. You know, you're so closely involved in the game, so you get to know these people, and. You know, Craig will say there. I've never heard a bad word said about never, Phil, no. and it's just never. about the way he went about his business, conducted his life. You know, he was he was somebody that I kind of looked up to, to be honest. Phil O'Donnell fondly remembered. This is the Go Radio Football Show, and next up, we're going to speak to Jim, who is a Celtic fan. Hi, Jim. Good evening, guys. You alright? Yeah, Hi, Jim. N- nice to have you on the show. Hope you've had a good Christmas. Oh, thanks very much. Hope Santa was good to you, though. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> what, what would you like to say, Jim? <clears throat> It was actually a big point to uh, Simon and Craig. What it was, right, if the Celtic Rangers game was played tomorrow, and Simon, if you were Celtic manager, Craig, you were Rangers manager, mm-hmm. where would you look to exploit weakness in the opposition? Yeah, good question. Yeah. Um, for, yep. me, for, for me, um, look, I think that, I know they normally say in, in old firm games, that midfield battle, midfield battle, but I kind of, uh-huh. I, I feel that, that Rangers' threat or where they could hurt Celtic is actually in the flanks, in the, in the wider areas. Um, right. You know, depending on what Celtic do, but if you've got Frimpong and potentially uh, Taylor or, or Laxalt in those those wider areas, I, I, uh-huh. just, I feel that Rangers can actually get a lot of joy uh, down the wider areas because I just don't think defensively 
um, they're, they're strong enough and, and also making sure with a, a goalkeeper Hazard who's, who's come in and done a good job but untested really get deliveries into the box make sure you work this goalkeeper early to see if he's got the mental resilience to, to right. perform at this level yeah, yeah. Uh, for me it's, it's, it's difficult to actually pick weaknesses in Rangers at the moment because they've looked so strong towards the the winter part of the season I, I would I would have to go back to what I've been saying right through the show that Celtic will need to be top of their form they'll re- need to really put in a, a solid defensive performance where they've not really did that you know in, in big games of late uh, I mm-hmm. think it'll be a back four at the weekend and Listening to Lenny's comments earlier on, I think it'll be the diamond, which I like, with Turnbull yeah. at the top of it. And it boils down to the two boys up front, because Edward's shown before that he can destroy Rangers when he's on his game. Mm-hmm. And Lee Griffiths, for me, is still one of the best strikers in the division. You yeah. know, they talk about his fitness, we talk about him getting about the pitch. You get him into the right areas, he, he'll, he'll cause damage, but it's it's... I think those two are key for Celtic and a solid performance at the back. Jim, let's just listen to, to Neil Lennon, what he had to say today about the significance of these next two games. We're on a decent run, want to maintain it. Playing a good side, more than that, who can again be flexible in the way they play. Good strikers in the team with you know Clark and Shankland and, and McNulty, who I know from the time at Hibs when I tried to sign him at Hibs. So I think it'll be a you know really good game, and then obviously another game, big game at the weekend. So it's just like every other week, and you know we know things can change very quickly over a week in football or a period of time in football. So. You know, we're not calling this a defining week at all. Other people will, but not from our point of view. Jim, just like any other week. No, I mean, it's going to be a wee bit, again, but the crowd's not being there. It's crazy. Usually, you're, you know, yeah. you're right up for this with your pals and your yeah. right build up to it, but it's going to be different. But, uh, what, what are you thinking, no, know, Jim? What are you thinking for the weekend? I said, honestly, I know we need to win. I don't know if we've got it in us, but. Maybe a two each. Yeah. Maybe a two each. But uh, as you say there about Griffiths, you've always got a chance if you're mm. starting with him because he's such a... He just knows where the net is and he never fails to, to produce. And uh, hopefully he can bring the best to Eddie as well because we really need a performance. That we need one for him, yeah. yeah. And I think also, I'll be honest, I think that when, when Celtic have two up top, um, that'll also... Mm keep Rangers or one of their fullbacks a little bit quieter you've got to stay home and maybe not bomb on as much so I think that it, pose, it poses another question yeah. to Rangers uh, in terms of that I mean Barisic and, and Tav bombing on one of them's got to stay home yeah yeah do you feel Jim as if this uh, this feels like a little mini Celtic revival. I mean, I mean, I thought watching them the, their game at Hamilton at the weekend, uh, they, they look Celtic look much more like themselves. But do you feel as if this is it? It could be too little and too late. It kind of feels like that in a way because they've been so bad for so long, especially in through that like spot of Prague results, and you think I can't see any sort of way out of this. And obviously, I mean, Hamilton did a lot. Of, well, because of COVID and whatnot, but do you know what? You're still scoring goals, you're still getting points, so hopefully that's going to give us enough confidence to think, do you know what? Maybe there is a, a corner turned, you know, that the quadruple thing's out the way as well, so maybe play with as much, much freedom as you can when you're trying to chase 10 in a row, but I don't know. I'm certainly looking forward to it, but it's, it's going to be tough. I think it will be a tough game. There's some good news in the background about uh, the return of James Forrest, isn't there? As, as Neil Lennon was talking today about possible transfer targets next month. The January window is always very difficult to do business in anyway, but you know we're getting a few back. You know we, we may 
look in the wide area, but you know, James he's not a million miles away. Maggie Johnson is now almost fully fit as well. So I don't know. You're always looking at options and looking at players who may become available, but we haven't really struck a blow in any direction regarding that. It's another great reason, isn't it, for, for Celtic to, to win tomorrow, try to win on, on Saturday as well, stay in the frame, stay in the hunt, Jim, because uh, the, the thought of James Forrest coming back, I mean, um, I mean, presumably you can't wait. Well, I'd love to know, I mean, Lenny was a wee bit cryptic when he says he, he was named a million miles away, I'd love to know exactly <laughs> roughly when things will be back. I think, I think he's talking about a couple, he'll be back in training in a couple of weeks, couple of weeks right? I think that was the phrase, that, right. okay. that, that, that was the phrase, so, you know, I, I, I guess by extension that means he won't be playing till February, but, but, it, yeah. but it's a nice thought to have him coming back, and as he says as well, uh, Mikey Johnston getting some game time now, and he's, and he, and, and he's somebody yeah. that, that gives Celtic an extra dimension. Johnson definitely gives you something different, Rob, and it's something we've had all season. That pace, a pace right in behind the defence, and between him and I, Forrest could get back for February if he could get back on running. Coming at the end of the season, as long as the season doesn't get cut short again, yeah. then you know, you'd be looking for a, a right run to the end of the season. Plus, of course, the Scotland qualifying for once, so that'd be great if he could get into the team then. But no, I think that'd be a massive fillet for. I don't really see them strengthening. He doesn't seem to be going back for. There's a foster as well. I think it's going to settle with what he has. So if that yeah. has to be, then we just need to go with what we'll make a go at. I wonder though whether Simon the the result on Saturday is going to have an influence on what Celtic will be willing to spend in that transfer window. If you know, if <coughs> are are they back in the hunt after the weekend? Yeah, I think uh, I think the club will reflect on on you know whatever scenario happens at the weekend. I think. I th- as you say there, Mikey Johnson coming back in, James Forrest maybe a wee bit further down the line. We, we need to talk about the, the here and now. They need a result tomorrow and they, they need to win at the weekend and, and then put a bit of pressure on Rangers and see how they react to it because yeah. up until now, they've not had it all their own way but they're looking strong and Celtic have dropped points. The momentum's with Rangers. Their only little slip-up's been the cup. I think Celtic have to go to Ibrox you know, and... and Go for the jugular, you know. I think they've got the players there to go and do it, mm-hmm. but they need to they need to show three or four levels up from what they've been playing at, at, at uh, the current time for the for the, the season up until now. I think they really need to raise their games to where they've been before and ask questions of Rangers. Otherwise, if Rangers get a result, it's it's almost over. And did you reckon a draw, Jim? Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to eke it a three-two, but I think <laughs> two. Two each, as long as they put in a better performance than they did than they did at Parkhead the last time, because that just wasn't acceptable by no. any standard. And do you think there's a way back so, from a, from if Celtic win tomorrow and draw at Ibrox? Do you think there's still uh, scope for a, a recovery? It's it's a tough one. It will be tough. I think Simon's right. I think to win to send out a message, whether we can, I don't. No, it's as long as we don't lose. I think if we can get a, even a score and draw to show that we can get at them rather than just that 2-0 performance we were really just kind of listless but uh, aye I think no I think we could I think we could Eddie and Griff way up front you've always got a, a chance of a goal as long as we can keep it out of the back Absolutely good to have you on the show and uh, have a good new year when it comes round Thanks a lot guys all the best Cheers. All the best Cheers, Jim. That's Jim Celtic fan looking ahead to tomorrow afternoon and of course Saturday lunchtime as well it's Glasgow Zone it's Go Radio the Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go!
It's the Go Radio Football Show. We're back again tomorrow, but at a different time. Beware. Uh, we're on tomorrow from three till five. It's Paul Cooney here with Davy Proven and Leanne Crichton. On Thursday, it's two till four. That's Hogmanay, of course, uh, with myself and Paul and Darren O'Dea and Chris Burke in the studio as well. And uh, don't forget, we will be uh, covering uh, that old firm match on uh, January the 2nd as well. So watch out for a programme covering Rangers against Celtic, which could be absolutely massive in terms of how this whole season uh, pans out. It's Rob McLean here with uh, Craig Moore and with Simon Donnelly as well. Uh, And it's a pretty... Horrible news, wasn't there, in the last day or so concerning uh, the Kilmanic manager, uh, Alex Dyer. Uh, Killy have contacted police after receiving a letter containing a racist abuse directed at their manager. Uh, the club say the letter was received on Monday morning. They say we're working with Police Scotland to identify any individuals involved in this disgusting act, is how they uh, describe it, and quite rightly so. And uh, we'll pursue the strongest possible action, say Killy, uh, we can against them. Racism in any form is completely unacceptable and must be called out uh, whenever and uh, whatever is found. It's a uh, It's a subject that tends to raise the passions and uh, Celtic manager Neil Lennon had his say today. Yeah, Alex is one of the best football men I know up here. I think it's shocking in this day and age that a guy of his calibre or of his standing has to put up with any sort of racism at all. He's our full support here. I know him personally. He's one of the best. I want him to succeed at Kilmarnock as much as anybody else. I think he's a great football guy and I think he's good for the game here. We want this eradicated. I think Kilmarnock have come out and supported him very, very strongly, which is brilliant to see. And uh, he has our full support here from everyone at Celtic. Alex and uh, Kilmarnock are at Motherwell tomorrow. Fir Park uh, is their game tomorrow night. And uh, the Motherwell manager, Stephen Robinson, had something to say today as well. He said, I find it incomprehensible that people do that kind of stuff. Uh, Football managers are seen as fair game for some reason. Uh, You can say what you want, do what you want, and no punishment seems to happen. It's 2021 we're going into, not 1821. And I find some of the abuse unbelievable. Hopefully uh, we can stamp it out, Craig. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think in today's society, in any day and age, it is unacceptable um, that, that people go to that, that level for me is a lack of, of education. Uh, and, and we continue to, to speak about the education uh, around about these kind of issues within the game, within society. Um, we need to be doing more because unfortunately it's still out there um, and and. At no way should you know people like Alex Dyer, whether he's involved in football, whether it's somebody else out there as well, uh, receiving these kind of letters. Um, for me, it is disgraceful, um, and I'm glad Kilmarnock um, are being a- aggressive, getting on the front foot to um, support him in this situation. Horrible stuff, Simon. Disgusting, Rob. Absolutely disgusting, uh, and really depressing that this seems to still be going on in this day and age. Uh, as you touched on there, it's almost 2021. And we spoke about it before we came on air. It's bad enough somebody tweeting something or texting something, but to, to, to go Send to the lengths letter. of sending a letter to... It's, I can't get my head around it who these people are. It's just They, sh- they need to be hunted out and dealt with because it's, it's it shouldn't be tolerated in any shape or form. 
Neil Lennon was uh, speak, also speaking today about the anniversary coming up of the Ibrox disaster, 2nd of January 1971. It was 66 people died, uh, 200 were injured. And uh, this is what the Celtic manager uh, had to say when he uh, spoke about it today. Father-in-law was at the game and luckily enough he left early. It was absolutely tragedy and I've been to you know Ibrox a few years ago. It was one of the most poignant moments I've had in my time here when you know, we laid a wreath on the pitch. Um, so it'll uh, never be forgotten and um, we do think about the families of those who have, who have lost ones. You know, going to a football match and not coming back, I can't think of anything worse really. And Craig, your father-in-law was there as well? Also, yeah, so I, I kind of... Um, you know, what Neil Lennon's saying there as well, you know, people going along to, to a game of football, their passion, their love and, and, and not returning home. So, um, you know, devastating uh, the families that were affected. Um, but clearly, um, you know, football hasn't forgot uh, and it's important important that we um, we remember these kind of people at this particular time. It's, uh, and it's touched so many people, isn't it? It touches so many people, still does, uh, with, with so many deaths and injuries and families torn apart. Yeah, especially at this, this time of year, it, it's, it's, it's terrible any time of year that something like this happens. But yeah, your your, your thoughts go out to the, the loved ones that have suffered. Uh, we've all experienced different tragedies in football, the game that we love throughout the, the years, but this was another one. Uh, and yeah, just terrible, terrible for the people involved. Let's talk to Regan before we go. Hi, Regan. Oh, hi, how you doing? Very well, how's you? I'm doing good, thanks, Rob. Happy Christmas! Uh, happy Christmas, belatedly to you. And uh, what what would you like to say tonight? I just want to ask, to ask Simon and uh, and Craig. See if Celtic lose on Saturday, but do they think the Celtic will, will, will do they think they would consider selling Edward because they're the nineteen points behind? And the second point is, do you think Paddy Roberts could be a good option because of because I've often said on my podcast that uh, Neil Lennon should have signed a, 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 a wide player uh, because if James Forrest was injured then it would yeah. be struggling. Yeah, because we, we heard Neil Lennon earlier on in the show talking about the potential to sign somebody in the wide area even though Mikey Johnson's back on the scene and even though James <coughs> Forrest now is maybe a couple of weeks from getting back into training, Simon. Yeah, well, they're exciting players. They're players that can go and create... Uh, and cause havoc for opponents, you know, especially in games where a lot of the time your opponents are setting up, making it hard for you. Mm. <clears throat> and I think we've touched on earlier on how they've missed Forrest, particularly the amount of assists and goals he's scored in the last few seasons. Mikey Johnson, I think, will be a breath of fresh air. I've seen him over the last couple of years. He's very, very lively. He looks sharp coming in, the, the little bit of uh, football that he's played Eyes coming back. Uh, and maybe another wide player might be on on Neil's radar. I don't know about the Edwards scenario. Uh, I think Celtic will just get to get to Saturday and see what the result is before they, <laughs> <laughs> they decide anything in their future. Uh, and hopefully, from a Celtic point of view, they're yeah. sitting where we are win. Yeah. Well, here's what Neil Lennon said today when he was asked that question about possible incomings or outgoings in just a few days' time. Yeah, there'll be no players being sold unless it's an offer that we think is the right thing to do for the club and for the squad. But at the minute, like in the summer, right up until October, we want to keep all our best. You know, we'll be hell-bent on keeping them. I don't expect this January to be as busy as other Januaries before. Thanks to Regan for the call. Thanks for the questions as well. Really good questions. And... Um, 
you know, the, the, the option is always there, isn't it? If there's a crazy, if there's a crazy, there, there does come a point where, where you, you have to say yes, because it's a, a ridiculous offer. But right at this moment, Celtic certainly don't want to be selling their prize asset. No, they don't. But as uh, caller there, Reagan was was kind of saying before, if if Celtic were to lose this game um, on, that could change on January two, then I I, th- I think that if the right business offer come through for Edouard, they seriously look at it because for me, then the title's gone, and that means already you're building for next season. Um, so it might be something they would look at. But again, as Simon touched on. We're still yet to get to that game. We still don't know the result of that game. <laughs> a, lot, a lot can play out. Simon? No, I agree. As I said there, uh, I think the focus for Celtic will be the next two games. <laughs> They've got enough on their plate without wondering about what's going to be happening in the transfer market. I think Lenny's hinted there that there won't be as much activity. I think current climate as well, you know, yep. uh, I don't think there'll be a lot of movement. I asked this question of of Simon earlier on in the show, Craig. At this stage, if you were if you're a game tomorrow and you've got the the old firm game on Saturday, how easy is it? How difficult is it to mm-hmm. to shut that out of your head? I, I I think it's very very difficult because we know what the build up is like uh, in terms of the old firm games. I, I know there's 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 still games tomorrow night, but the papers have already been talking. We've been talking about it for weeks. Um, so players know that, yeah, a big game tomorrow. Um, but there is, for me as a player, there always was uh, one eye on on the old firm game, uh, making sure that you were fit because you wanted to play, you were desperate to play, and making sure you were in good form. So that's, uh, that's the other side of it. You need to make sure that if you're in the eleven tomorrow night, that was my way of thinking. You always had to perform to try and get in the game yes. for Saturday because whatever happens tomorrow afternoon, rather. Losing track of the time to the kickoffs. <laughs> Still got to get in your head right yeah, after kickoffs. I don't even it? know what day of the week it is, but uh, I think that influences as well. There's, there could be little things there that influence your gaffer for the for the Saturday game. So need to be on it tomorrow. Yeah, and here's Gary McAllister uh, on the St Mirren game tomorrow versus the Celtic game on Saturday. I think it's been mentioned quite a few times this year. You know, we we are fully aware of the schedule. We're fully aware of what fixtures are are near. What the players have shown as their focus to fully concentrate on what's directly in front of them. And the next game is St Man. You know, and once once we play that game, we'll turn our attentions to the next one. But we are we are fully focused on just concentrating on, on going to St Man and getting a, the right result. The feeling is that Gary McAllister and Stephen Gerrard and everyone else at Rangers are being absolutely meticulous this season about their preparation uh, and the whole mentality thing. And we mentioned it earlier on. Yeah. <clears throat> what happened last season still hurting. Yeah, well, in, in Australia, they that, that response, they call that the straight bat. He <laughs> yeah. yeah. gave away nothing. And as I said earlier on, it's it's all about the messaging that's come out of Ibrox the whole season. It's not getting carried away. It's not thinking too far ahead. It's being humble. It's respecting your opponents uh, and going out and winning football matches. So, yeah, Gary Mack's clever there. But like I said, straight bat, um, no speculation, away you go. And Stephen Davis uh, spoke as well during that Rangers media conference today and his experience, of course, is absolutely crucial. Your more experienced players, it's important that we continue to set the example on a daily basis and also be there to, to give the rest of the squad advice in, in different scenarios as well. But 
I think for us as a group, the majority of us have been together for the last couple of seasons. We've had the disappointment of the second half of the season where we haven't quite performed. And, and we know that each and every game we have to go out there and give it our all and perform to get to get the result. Because if you draw on those negative experiences as well, and, and hopefully that will help us moving forward. He's been magnificent at times, hasn't he, uh, Stephen Davis for, for Rangers this season? And I guess all the more crucial at the moment, when, when if Ryan Jack is counted out for, for the weekend and Scott Arfield, maybe he's not going to make it either. Yeah, just a reflection on their squad because Ryan Jack, for me, started the season really well. But Davis is an experienced campaigner. You know, he's played in the Premiership. He's been at Rangers a couple of spells. He's a top. He's been a top player throughout his career. So it's important to have that experience going into these games. But they are playing it down. As as, as Craig said, there they'll have the fi- the fingers burnt in the last two seasons. You know, getting to that bit and then Celtic kind of moving away. This year's a big bit different because of the the gap they've got but they still have to play the professional card Simon thank you very much and Craig as well good to have you on the show the football chat has been flying as usual a couple of early scorelines in the championship tonight Air United won Morton won uh, that's down at Somerset Park at half time and Inverness are a goal down to Dunfermline Dunfermline are second in the table behind Hearts they're a goal ahead early on in the Highlands of course tomorrow night it all switches back to the Premiership with six crucial matches and none more so than Celtic against Dundee United St Mirren against Rangers and our show tomorrow with uh, Paul and Davy Proven and Leanne Crichton reflecting that so it's a, a different start time tomorrow join us tomorrow on the football show from three the Bull Radio football show let's go feel the heat of the game the crunching tackles the near misses and diving headers feel the drive from the sidelines feel the passion of your captain feel the celebrations feel the last minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited for more information on boiler servicing and maintenance visit opc-ltd.uk 